Detroit is Different is where you get information, artistry, history, music, and even comedy. Detroit is Different, a home for the culture of Detroit. Visit online at DetroitIsDifferent.com today. Hello, Miss Stephanie Washington. This is our guest today on Detroit is Different. Stephanie is all around phenomenal. Like She is a part of NABWIC. She is a community organizer. She recently um, put her bid in for the mayoral race for Detroit. Um, she's also a parent advocate for various women. Like we've had a number of conversations on just helping our community members and, and women specifically with mothers. And I really like, we'll get into that shortly, but anywho, all in all, she is another woman in Detroit doing her thing. I also met her a few years back when I made the call for Juneteenth and she was one of the many dynamic people that signed up and she also helped with um, putting on the first Juneteenth Jubilee event at the Charles H. Wright and they had like a whole area full of activities for the kids around like building and STEM and you name it. So welcome Stephanie. How are you today? Staying blessed, staying great. How about you? I can't complain, you know. Well, it make I, a difference. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's so real. So, Stephanie, tell me about your background in Detroit. Like, what is your story? Like, where your family from? How'd you get to Detroit? Tell me your your Detroit background. Absolutely. So, I'm from Detroit, a native Detroiter. Um, my family is from Joy Rome, Livernois. Um my block, I still live on the block that I grew up on. Mm -hmm. um, and that's pretty much it. I've just been here most of my life, my entire school. My mom took me out so I can have a fair chance at mm -hmm. um, a really good education in Livonia. And so I went to Stevenson, Livonia, and then we immediately came back because mm -hmm. we need to be coming back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, take the stuff that you learn from other environments that are a little bit more enriched and bring it back to enrich our neighborhood. So that was mm -hmm. the key. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So is your mom from Detroit? My mom is from Detroit as well. From mm -hmm. Jero, North, Mackenzie Street. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we've been here um, our whole entire lives, our whole entire family. Um, yeah. Okay. What about your dad? Is, is he from Detroit? Oh, see, not I. My dad is from Detroit. <laughs> 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 he is. Um, he's a Detroit as well. And yeah. Okay. Okay. So when you said you um, got taken out of the city for a minute to go to Livonia, um, what what was the contrast with that? Like, did you go to a, a middle school or elementary school in Detroit and then to Livonia? Like, how was that experience? So for me, my mom had took me out of, due to the schools here in the city, I had ended up going to Academy of Oak Park, which a mm -hmm. lot of the um, kids in my neighborhood ended up going to. We caught the bus there and back. Mm -hmm. um, I was getting kicked out a lot for being like the class clown, but mm -hmm. also because in a sense, the way that the teachers were teaching was not, it wasn't teach me anything. And mm -hmm. most of the time I'm self-taught, but also the teachers and the curriculum was not fun. Mm -hmm. So I missed out on a lot of that information in middle school. And my mom was like, well, if every time you come to school, you're getting kicked out. Well, maybe we need to change this environment for you. Mm -hmm. So not only take me out of Detroit schools, but take me out of the Oak Park school too as well. And then put me into Stevenson and we moved there and I had to choose between Franklin mm -hmm. and um, Stevenson. And if you know, Franklin and Stevenson is a 
big um, difference mm. based upon the income and different things like that. So mm. I had to choose and I chose Stevenson. It was very, very scary because it was only like five, six people in like the year, but going all the way back to like 1970 something. Mm -hmm. I was like, I think I'm the only black person here. <laughs> but it taught me a lot. Um, it taught me the reality of life. Mm -hmm. um, it was only mm -hmm. so many black kids there and they call it little Africa the same way. Wow. Yeah. Kind of how like Detroit is like little Africa and uh -huh. everybody comes here and they get, you know, what they want and they leave and go, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Take it. So it, it taught me a lot, but it got me prepared for the reality of how life is really set up. Okay. Um, and also being access to a lot of the programs that they had, um, activities. Mm -hmm. I was a part of debate. I was a part of um, rugby. I played sports. Mm -hmm. I participated with choir. I did a lot of home ec. I did mm -hmm. sewing. Um, and also career development. So mm -hmm. I also was a part of culinary arts where they had the students run a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And literally, we were all taking turns at different job positions. So mm -hmm. you would be the manager one day. Then mm -hmm. you would come back, and, like, the next minute, you were the bus person. So you was washing. Right. So you were serving. And you figured out where exactly do you fit in. Because sometimes everyone wants to be the boss. But when it's time to be the boss, it's like, I yeah. might want to just go over here and, like, <laughs> just bring the people to the table. I don't want to do all the extra stuff, you know. I'd rather just be the employee and the employee. <laughs> that's real that's real so speaking of being the boss okay i would like to talk about your recent bid in the mayoral campaign so tell me about your influence or, or should i say your inspiration for wanting to run for mayor absolutely so my reason for running for mayor was because i am a community organizer and also a community leader but a lot mm -hmm. of times in this field um we don't get the attention that we need to get the job done and mm -hmm. we waste a lot of time and i not to say it's a waste of time but in a sense it is we waste a lot of time going to multiple public meetings that they say show up to mm -hmm. and we need people to show up to but then it still doesn't get you any results so it's like mm -hmm. it's like a constant um like a rat in a wheel mm -hmm. and i just got exhausted of it. and a lot of people who are capable of doing the jobs that people are holding getting paid a a somewhat decent salary mm -hmm. there are community leaders and community organizers and organizations that are more capable of doing a job so how about we put those people in those positions mm. okay interesting so tell me about your your some of the work that you have done in the community some of the work that i've done mm -hmm. um i've helped over 150 residents save their house from tax foreclosure. I've helped mm. residents figure out how to do home repairs, simple home repairs, mm -hmm. um, drywall, tiling. Um, right now, I'm currently working in an area where I'm helping residents get their home repair with the grants. Mm -hmm. So, really, the main thing that I'm about here in the city is about community development, economic mm -hmm. development that really isn't touched on. Mm -hmm. um, Everyone's always worried about crime, but in order to solve crime, you need to have businesses, especially small businesses, but most importantly, resident-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. um, here in the city, and we have a lot of it, but we just need someone to kind of explain and simplify it, but not not with all the paperwork, but mm -hmm. simplify it for us so we understand it. And that's been the main issue here when it comes to the government and just navigating through it is understanding the language and breaking it down so that, you know, Detroit residents understand it. A lot of this, we 50% of the city is illiterate mm. 
Mm-hmm. So, and this is a working class. Yeah. And this city is nothing but working class. So anything that they post, you know, the residents don't know to go. They do, but they don't have the time when you're in survival mode to actually, <laughs> you know, stop and research what's going on. Mm-hmm. Why am I voting yes or no for proposal in? Why am I voting for this mayor? Am I even seeing all the candidates that's on this ballot who are running for these positions? If someone is a write-in, you don't even know that I exist. Yeah. Unless I have a ton of money. Mm-hmm. So it just, it pretty much defeats the purpose of me running if I don't have the money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm really just, I wanted a fair chance for us to actually play in a game of um, gaining access to money, but also really getting access to the programs that they they showcase mm-hmm. to the public. Mm-hmm. But really, the only select few actually get to access it mm-hmm. to the full capacity to where they can feed their family. That's that's real. So, I hear you. You you've hit on quite a few things. So, let me go back to the. Um, piece of kind of like breaking stuff down for families so that they can understand their rights with property and how to fix up their property tell me a little bit more with that like how have you made that realm a little bit more palatable for people absolutely for me um what I realized when I bought my house um in 2015 I bought my house and originally I was going to like rent me a um, loft downtown because I was working as for real I was like it's lit I'm a table game dealer and like I bring home like 1500 every two weeks and I work probably like I'd say like probably 56 hours like every two weeks mm. you know and I was like okay well I'm gonna go ahead and give me a part a little loft real quick and my uncle was like nope get you a house so I bought me a house and I realized that okay like oh, I have to really fix this stuff up or mm-hmm. I have to pay someone. And I was like, this is not in my budget. So <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. I don't think it's in home ownership. Yeah. Listen, no one be prepared for it. But um, the reason why I started watching construction was because I realized that anyone could be taught anything. Mm-hmm. You just have to simplify and use the language that um, whoever your audience is, you use that language. Mm-hmm. So here in the city, I just simplify like, hey, boo, like, you know, get this grout. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Different things like that. Use a spacer. Make it fun. Make sure that you build that community so people can understand that sharing it. Because yeah. a lot of times, one person is trying to do the job on a whole entire house and you can't do it. You right. can't do it, but it takes a long time and it takes a lot of mental capacity. But along the way, I've helped volunteer with mm-hmm. my friends to do work on their house. So we share mm-hmm. volunteer hours with each other. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So tell me a little bit about NABWIC. First off, what does it stand for for our listeners? I know what it stands for, but go ahead. Absolutely, NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. Um, these are women who are trying to navigate black women, minorities into construction, and gain mm-hmm. access to government contracts, and just be inside the room where the money is at when mm-hmm. it comes to construction. Right now, they're killing it. Mm. They're killing it. I mm-hmm. just seen my ladies this weekend. You seen my post, but yeah. like talking to them, they like, where you been, at, Stephanie? Like, it's time. Mm-hmm. It's so much money on the floor, and the goal is to help rebuild the African American community. Cause yeah. how can you build someone else's community and tell them what they they need or what they want? We have so many people coming in doing consulting for us, but they know nothing about us. Mm. 
mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. they know nothing about the environment they know nothing about the history they know nothing about the people even though you come into the city you may look at someone how they present themselves is not you know most desirable or most comfortable for other mm-hmm. people who aren't used to it but we know mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying what it is so that's it I mean, so okay. what what got you interested? I mean, don't say that's it. That's the whole point as to why we're here. Right. You know, because I I didn't know about NABWIC until I met you. And, you know, you showed me about laying the floors and stuff. And, and don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful thing, everybody, to know how to do uh, <laughs> work on the home. But, uh, yeah. You know. Right. Like, uh, I'm one of them people where I'm going to have to save my little pennies. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> So I can make it rain on you or whoever else want to do it. Please do. Please <laughs> do. Make it drizzle. So yeah. Um, but outside of that, yeah. So, what brought? What made you interested in Nabwick? Like, how did you hear about it? Um, what happened? Mm-hmm. What happened was there was a event I seen on Eventbrite, I believe, mm-hmm. and it was at Club Floods, mm-hmm. and it was like always African. It was African American something construction, African American mm-hmm. and construction. I was like, let me come here because I love construction. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was scared to go in. I was like, <sighs> then I walked in. I was like, I walked back out, and I was like, I called my best friend. Like, I left. She was like, why you leave, legit? I was like. Because it was just too many people, and everybody in there were <laughs> architects and builders, and they own yeah. construction firms, and they were active and stuff. And I was just like, I don't stand a chance of being here because <laughs> we don't see it. Yeah. You know, yeah. if things are visible, if people don't have representation of it, then you don't know how far you can go. Right. And my best friend was like, Girl, you know how to work a room? Like, Ain't no way. She was like, if you don't go back in there right now with your cards. I had, I had left my cards, my business oh. cards and everything. She was like, if you don't go back in there, Stephanie, like, you know what you're doing. Right. Get the confidence, suck it up, wipe your face, everything, go in there. Right. And so I went back in there and I talked to the people, got a couple cards, and then I had met Justin Cole. Mm-hmm. who is mm-hmm. the Michigan Minority Contractors Association. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, you need to um, go ahead and connect with Nabwick. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, who is Nabwick? Mm-hmm. And then he introduced me to Tylene Henry, and mm-hmm. she is our um, Detroit chapter president. She Tylene, doesn't she do uh, June 19th? Yep. Yeah. 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 She, she good people. Listen, Tylene is like, she a walking monument. Mm-hmm. Very valuable. And you know what I'm saying? If it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't be um, so far where I'm at right now mm-hmm. as a mentor. Mm-hmm. She has helped me so much and pushed me just forward and put me in so many different rooms and opportunities mm-hmm. that I probably would have never had if it wasn't for her and Nabwick. That's what's up. Mm. So what made you start loving construction anyways? Uh, what made me love construction? I would say because I know what it can do. Okay. I love construction because I know that equals economic development. Mm, mm-hmm. And coming from the city, I think also me having the opportunity to live in Livonia and just see how things work and function properly. Mm, mm-hmm. When you properly see how things are, like getting your trash picked up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, getting picked up at the bus stop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like on time, like yeah. those different things, it really changes your perspective on how you're being treated. Mm. Mm-hmm. As an individual, as a human, as a person who pays taxes, mm-hmm. you know, even if you don't pay taxes and you get a tax exemption, like, yeah. you know, just the overall how you're being treated 
in your community, in your city. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, came back here. I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, this is not, none of this is normal. And even still, right now in different situations, I'm learning that uh, I'm getting emotional. Don't, uh, this, don't be there. For real, no. Because <laughs> seriously, um, a lot has happened all within the last, like, couple of months. And you mm-hmm. realize how much the government has really um, not looked at their workers or their residents. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, Highland Park was over here um, <laughs> off of Six Mile trying to help. Mm-hmm. Who is this? Highland Park was helping Hamtramck. No, mm-hmm. Hamtramck came all the way over here. Mm-hmm. Their fire department came all the, all the way over here to Highland Park to help them. And their fire station um, engine, the truck, stopped. Mm-hmm. So they had to get towed, like, right mm-hmm. up the street from helping mm-hmm. Highland Park. And I was like, wait, what? So mm-hmm. you think that it's just happening in Detroit, but everyone is getting played. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot. And a lot of times what it is is that we don't know the policies and the policies aren't brought to us face forward. Um, They don't teach policy in schools. They don't teach the government system. They don't teach um, none of the stuff, the skills that you need to survive. See, I guess that's the thing that, that I guess I would challenge. They do teach civics, but I think the difference in regards to what... Well, I mean, I, I can't speak for every district, but just from being okay. a former teacher, you know, and teaching social studies, that's a part of civics, like how the government has ran um, certain policies. But just in regards to, like you said earlier, making it digestible for people who don't understand that. Because if I'm looking at a bunch of jargon in a book or I'm just learning about how a bill becomes law, you know what I'm saying? Like it it's it's meaningful but again like you said you're talking about things that are more tangible in the sense of like this is literally where i start in regards to making change this is literally where i start in regards to building my community or what should be done and and again even for myself like i'm educated and i'm doing air quotes because it's like you know that means something different to everybody but again was saying that it's still stuff that I read like what does this mean exactly. you know like I don't even know what this is and I don't know if I should vote for you against know, it you know like, seriously though <laughs> seriously yeah so that's why I just really uh, appreciate um what you were saying earlier in regards to making it palatable but I find it interesting that you say you know how to survive you know what I mean because um I had heard a uh, a quote that was saying like Black people teach their kids how to survive. Mm-hmm. White people teach their kids how to live. Period. And, you know, with your background and experiences of going to um, a predominantly white high school and, and coming from Joy Road and everything, like, you live the contrast, you know? So what what are your thoughts on that quote? Because, you know, you brought up survival, so I just, I'm interested to know your thoughts. It's definitely true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want people to realize this. Oftentimes people think because the kids live in Livonia that they have a better life or Mm -hmm. life is easier. And in some sense it is. Mm -hmm. Um, but in some senses it's not because they deal with the fact of now they have to go out here and get this paying job and they have to follow their family league as well. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole nother game that they're playing that we're not even playing. Mm -hmm. 
like this is about class now mm. we're not even talking about just trying to obtain money now mm-hmm. we're black people african-american people are just trying to obtain money to to survive and live their daily life white mm-hmm. people are trying to figure out well how can i get to the next class mm. how can i make sure that i can fit into this the same lifestyle that my family has but I don't want to do the same job because it's not fulfilling. Mm. Um, I had a lot of friends who, I had Asian friends who were supposed to take on, like, the nail salon. Mm. And they're like, I don't want to do the nail salon. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. Or friends who had to go in, they work for their dads for the gas station. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, mm. you know, different things like that. White people who like, I don't want to go to school and be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even though we look at that like that's a, a luxury and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's a different playing field. But mm-hmm. what I really, really learned is that the contrast is that education is key, but also the way that it's taught. Mm-hmm. And the way that the system is set up and the way that the curriculum and the way everything is taught, they've been trained. They've been mm-hmm. conditioned to understand that mm-hmm. black people, African-American people, we're just now getting in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. even though we think we're so far behind, we're pretty we're doing pretty good. To mm-hmm. learn a language and come from absolutely, you know, mm-hmm. from not having a language, having one, having it snatched away, mm-hmm. then learn a new mm-hmm. one. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And this is the only way for us to navigate through it mm-hmm. is through their language. Mm-hmm. And I've always constantly um, debated and argued when I got in the room is that no one is playing for the African-American people um, dialect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the lady brought this up to me yesterday. She was like, you know, the thing that everyone has when they come here is they have a language. Mm. This is how they keep their community sacred. This is how they keep the money flowing with each other. This is mm-hmm. how and African-American people do not have their own language. Our language is the white man's language, the king's language. And mm-hmm. every time we make up a plan or something, it's never as effective as it can be because it's their language. Mm. Interesting. That's a really... I say interesting because I, I think that's a unique perspective. It's a real. And, yeah, and I never, I guess I never thought of it in that nature in, in the sense of, like, speaking their language on so many different levels. You know what I mean? Like, and, and just on a very foundational level, that's real. Yeah. You know? That's, that's, that's real. So hmm. you can think that you're doing something, you know, you can type up a paper and have the best, do the best research and do everything. Mm-hmm. And you can turn it in and you say, here you go, I'll use your language and everything. And they can come in and say, nope, like this, 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 mm-hmm. this. Yep. And you are the, you can be the most smartest African-American person. You can have all the degrees and everything like that. But if you don't have that language, like mm-hmm. if you can't talk like them, mm-hmm. then pretty much like you, you, you useless. And most of the time, I the African community wants you to act like them as well to get into the room. They don't mm. want you to be African American, mm-hmm. the actual product, right? The end product of the environment that they've created. Mm-hmm. That's so real. Mm. Yeah. So tell me about some of your. I mean, I, I that I was deep. That 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 was deep. Because I don't be ready for that. I mean, it, it's just true, and and like you said, it just really comes down again on a foundational level of of education and understanding it like language is so pivotal in that and just 
knowing the words to say, knowing what things mean and breaking it down and read to actually vote conscientiously, you know, or just again, like you said, if, if you writing up a business plan or if you got an idea, like making that into reality and understanding how to play the game, but it really starts with the language. So it really was, I mean, it, it really was profound what you said and it, it sparked my my mind going because you already know I live on my soapbox. But. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you know, like, you know, people think we started talking about vision boards and, mm-hmm. you know, writing down your plan. Well, how exactly can you write down your plan or make your vision board if you don't know the right words to use or how to write those words or, you know, where to even start at? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of residents, I always advocate and always try to take people to start like going to a library or get a book you know a library book mm-hmm. card because mm-hmm. if you don't know anything the library is the most valuable thing in mm-hmm. the whole entire world mm-hmm. like you can get whatever it is that you want in there whatever it is that you want to be they got mm-hmm. a book for it mm-hmm. that's true period it's and it's free for it. <laughs> and it's free and it's free yes <laughs> yes so tell me about some of the other the other things that you do um either within the community or as an entrepreneur let me know about about your other projects that you're working on absolutely so right now um i am starting my clothing line okay skw is coming out Mm -hmm. i believe so august okay um it's for professional wear Uh for millennials um because i always get fussed out about the way i dress and Uh because it's so um it's it's short i'm i'm young (laughs) y'all so (laughs) (laughs) I'm young, so my, my clothes be a little bit. So I said, you know, if they want to keep us me out, at least I'll make a clothing line and get paid off it. Because okay. every single day, people compliment me on my clothes, and they love it mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I said, well, you know what? Let me go ahead. Got me a manufacturer. Looked at a couple of fabrics to see that fits me and mm-hmm. match me and match the stretch of my body so I can cover, you know, the little boom, boom, boom. Had me slapping. What's the boom, boom, boom? What is that? The little stomach, the little boom, boom, boom. They don't care, though. It be little. But nevertheless, um, I just feel like when it comes to professional clothes and stepping in the room, there really aren't too many, um, too much you can choose from mm-hmm. that, that makes you happy that has color everything is like so tight and conformed and like it's so old lady looking i'm just like well where the pink at where the green where the colors mm-hmm. at you know what i'm saying to liven it yeah, up yeah liven it up because yeah. that's why it be so stressed in the government ain't no color everybody just you know the red the blue tie or you know what i'm saying the black suits and stuff so Try to switch it up and give the new millennium and the older people, everyone, a fair chance to just have some color now. So, ladies, look out for SKW. Mm-hmm. Also, um, Harvest Greatness is my other business, and that's mm-hmm. about um, mental health. Mm. So, really what I'm doing with that is comfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one, like, month before last, and we're mm-hmm. going to have one next month. And we're going to be talking about PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because that's... Very, very, very serious in our community and mm-hmm. on so many different levels from just living in this environment mm-hmm. to the day-to-day things that you deal with. Mm-hmm. Then when it comes to, like, your actual job that you have, a lot of community organizers and leaders and social entrepreneurs and people who work in the government, everybody, pre- mm-hmm. the whole community, it's a, it's like a domino effect of, like, things happening all at one time and it's just like a butterfly effect that we we all don't see mm-hmm. until you put in a situation and you like 
hold up. Yeah. You know, like, wait a minute, like this is a, this was a lie. I was not expecting this. You yeah. know, so yeah. I'm learning a couple of things. I think that's why I'm about to start working a, or volunteering a little bit of time, or at least taking donuts or something up to the mm-hmm. fire department. Mm-hmm. Just due to my experience that I've had um, a couple of weeks ago, it kind of took me for a loop. And I really think we need to start doing like in services with mm-hmm. the fire department and ambulance people. So that whole department. Yeah. In the police department, because it's very traumatic. Um, a man was hit mm. off of a motorcycle like late at night. It was like two o'clock. I had just got in a party. In. When was this? Um, last month. Oh, last okay. month he was hit. Um, I was at the Coney Island. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was living my life. <laughs> <laughs> it was two o'clock, y'all. Y'all, know. it was party time. But nevertheless, everybody was out, and the guy got hit. And I had looked, and it was like somebody got hit. And everybody was just standing around there just looking at this man. And I had mm. ran over there, like, helped him everything, like, you know what I'm saying, and was holding mm-hmm. this man. He almost died and everything in my hands and everything like that. And the fire department came, and it made me realize, like, first of all, that was a very traumatic moment for me. But it mm-hmm. made me realize when you see the ambulance people or the firefighters mm-hmm. coming, you wonder why they're not coming to you fast mm-hmm. or running to you or super-duper compassionate. Imagine on a daily basis of constantly having mm-hmm. to um, mm-hmm. see that, mm-hmm. you know, and at some point in time, you have to turn it off. Yeah, to you deal. get desensitized. Yeah, you get desensitized because yeah. I was confused when the firefighter came up and he wasn't all super. But when I went home, and I was watching myself and watching the blood off me mm-hmm. and went through all my emotions. I, I finally understood why they yeah. when they pull up, they. Like, they have that attitude, and it's not so much like, they like, I'm just here to do my job. Yeah, like, it's, it's new for you, but it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a regular day. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's so real, Steph. I, I can't even lie, because even, even when I was in the classroom, I used to hate when my students would film fights. Because to me, like, just the normalizing of the violence amongst one another. Yeah. And, and posting that, like, now your trauma or your beef or your issue is now going from just being at your school to being online and maybe going viral. And then constantly seeing young people fighting each other. And more times than not, it would be black people, yeah. you know. But, again, just normalizing the violence and then making people desensitized to people getting hurt and embarrassed. You feel me? You know, so, yeah, I, I feel you just in the sense of, like, like you said, for them, this is their job. And for us, it's like, oh, my God. Hey. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it's wild. But um, for real, I, wanna, uh, I do want to shift gears back to the SKW yes. piece. So you want to add color and, and what else to, to uh, professional wear? A little shortness. A little shortness. Tell, tell me about that. What's, what's that about? Um, because a lot of the clothes... I'm 29. Okay. Um, and I come from the era of, you know, kind of like clueless, mm-hmm. legally blind. Whatever. You feel me? <laughs> so, so if anyone ever sees me, I probably kind of look and dress like that. I uh-huh. wear the skirts like that. I wear. Uh-huh. You see what I got on today? I kind of look like legally blind. <laughs> but that's my. Um, I'm more of a preppy uh-huh. type uh-huh. of um, young lady. That's the way I dress, and I don't really mm-hmm. see too many um, African American preppy black women in the city mm. of Detroit, especially now for Joy Rowan Livernois. Okay. It is not over there, but they're slowly getting there because 
representation is key. So I'm building young ladies, and they okay. want their little heels and their little skirts and their little dresses and stuff. Not too short, y'all. Don't come for me, grand grands and aunties. <laughs> <laughs> I tell them, you got to wait till you get to a certain level, you know, age. So you like a sexy preppy? Is yeah. That, is that what your style is like? That is. A little okay. spice girl, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> a little, little sexy prep. Okay, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's real. So you said you mentioned the, the clothing line and you mentioned, is it Harvest Greatness? Harvest Greatness. Is okay. And that's about the, the conversations around mental health. Yes. Is, is, and you mentioned the one with women. Mm-hmm. Women, um, really touching and helping women, but it's really okay. about mental health because I, you know, having my son um, mm-hmm. and dealing mm-hmm. with anti-depression, which mm-hmm. is while you're pregnant, yeah. um, it was really, really hard. And mm-hmm. I really had no one to help assist me through it. And my doctor had tried to prescribe me stuff. Mm-hmm. And really, um, the pills that she gave me made me even more crazier. So I had to mm-hmm. take it off mm-hmm. while I was pregnant to help my depression. And afterwards, um, mm-hmm. the post, you know, postpartum postpartum depression thank Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. um it was a lot yeah it was a lot and i had when they say that when you have your kids and you lose a lot of friends and stuff like that Mm -hmm. you really really do because Mm -hmm. you're really um trying to figure out who who you are Mm -hmm. who you Mm -hmm. are so the same person that you was before you had your kid you are probably not going to be that same person when you come back Mm -hmm. and that's if you come back and if you have an environment that is built for you to even come back because a lot of times people women aren't in the environment to do that you know Mm -hmm. women are pregnant then some can't go back to work some women end up just being stay-at-home wives you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and that's not a fulfilling life i tried to do and i was like oh this is depressing I was like, I I thought this was supposed to be lit. This is not lit at all. This is depressing, you know, because we, I know, well, for me, I'm a very proactive person. I like being outside. I like being around people and stuff like that. So for me to be in the house all day and just like 24 seven, my kid, because that's what the social norm is Mm -hmm. for women, especially African, African American women to just hold everything and do everything and just, uh, and I'm like, oh no, this is not. Mm-mm. Yeah, Mm-mm. yeah. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, cause I uh, no. <laughs> cause before this, I was a very um, I was a young professional, and I yeah. and I always been um, career oriented. Okay. So okay. for me to be a stay at home mom and to give that up, my uncle was like, Stephanie, like, you know that ain't for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and most importantly, you don't ever um, depend on a man. Solely, yeah. mm-hmm. solely, mm-hmm. and a lot of times women, after they have a kid and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, they depend on a man for financial stability mm-hmm. and pretty much to take care of them after the kid because that's just yeah. that's how it just gets set up right. out of nowhere. And I've seen a lot of women um, go through a lot, yeah. go through a lot, and just the mental space of trying to find themselves, their identity, the hormones, you yeah. know. Who are you? And if you ever talk to a mom or ask her, like, do you do you know who you are? Have you found yourself yet since yeah. having your kid? And nine times out of ten, every woman would say no. They yeah. have not been back to themselves. And you ask them the percentage, they'd be like, less than 50%. I mean, that that's... I would, to be honest, I think you should really do a study for real, for real on for that real. and just see, because, you know, you can get 100 women. Um, but I agree. I just always think that, like, as, you know... 
I think it's funny because people talk about how the difference with men and women and how, like, men don't talk and women always be wanting to talk and stuff like that. But we don't talk enough. No, no. Not about the stuff that's important. No. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong, not all women, but I'm just saying, like, you know, you and I have had conversations time and time again about just certain information that women don't know about their bodies, about their health, and just basic stuff even, like you said, in regards to, like, no preserving your identity while taking on new worlds like motherhood you know because there's so many changes you know and that's the part for me that i don't think enough of us talk about just like you go through so much hormonally emotionally and physically to where it's like what I got to keep this together and take care of this new person I don't even know for real. Listen, like, you know, I was, after my son, I looked at my my shape. I was like, God, how am I going to get back? God, how am I going to get back to my banging body? Like, please, God. I'm keeping Maddie going, God. I'm keeping the DNA going, God. Please give my body back. I was not that bold. <laughs> that is funny. Oh man, good stuff. So with with being, how how old is your baby? Is My your son baby? is three. Noah, okay. young Noah, little Noah. Yes, but uh, yes. So how has that helped or or influenced your entrepreneurial goals? This gonna get deep. Going and get this. Deep. This gonna get deep. Um. My whole entire life, I've never, I've never wanted kids, mm-hmm. and this is a. I feel like we should really um, start having that conversation. Like women who don't want to have kids, like mm-hmm. it's okay. But yeah. um, I never wanted to have kids, and I got pregnant, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What in the heck?" Mm-hmm. So going along with it and things like that, my son has really, really. He made me tighten up. Mm, mm. What I thought I had under control, what I thought I had my life um, set, mm-hmm. and I thought I was following my plan right. Because, you mm-hmm. know, you they always say, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, oh, I thought I was doing this. Like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, but he really was the one who got me really set in stone with Washington, Washington Construction. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up going to Michigan Works. Okay. I was like, you know what? I I can't be a stay-at-home mom. Like, mm-hmm. I need to build something that I love mm-hmm. and that I'm going to stick with. So I was like, well, let me go ahead and, like, join the Electrical Union. Mm-hmm. I was going to try to join the IBEW. And when I went to go to Michigan Works to get hired into one of their pre-apprenticeships, they told mm-hmm. me that it was a wait mm-hmm. at DTIZ for it. And then I had to, like, wait weeks. And then I had to, like, send. I sent this email, like, y'all playing with me. Like, mm-hmm. Y'all advertising all these jobs and opportunities, and mm-hmm. ain't nobody getting them. Ain't nobody going to these schools. And, like, I, right. you know, so they was like, well, we have an opening for carpentry that you can get into. And I was like, okay. So I went and did that. And then I tried to get hired at different places. Um, the city had through a big expo called, like, Build Expo or something mm-hmm. like that for construction. And all the students that went down there, and only one got hired. I was mm-hmm. like, it was about 15 of us that went down there. Mm-hmm. And out of the 15, only one got hired. Mm. And it wasn't for a construction job. It was for housekeeping. And she was a black woman. Mm. And 
most of the guys there had construction um, experience, mm-hmm. and they also, like, some of them had worked at the plant, so it wasn't no excuse for why they wasn't right. getting hired. And the one place that I had asked for, the guy was trying to put me somewhere, like, doing, like, pretty much a plant job. Mm. And I ain't no plant job type of person. Mm-hmm. I've I've never applied. Like, I almost get there to doing it because they'd be mm-hmm. like, the, the check hit, and this is what everybody, you know, if you get a plant job, like, in the hood, it's like, right. oh, my God, you you work <laughs> at the plant? Like, he got the money, she yeah. got the cash, she got thumbing. Thumbing. <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless, um, that's never been my thing. So I was like, you know what? I'm not a laborer. Yeah. I don't, I love doing the work, you right. know. It makes me happy, but I would never really just do it on a day-to-day basis, like, as my job. I'm more of a um, walk-in, mm-hmm. bring the opportunity for the construction. I'm okay. the one in the back end, like, doing paperwork, making sure that that stuff is good. I love paperwork in a sense, and I love connecting people. Public relations is really my main thing. Okay. Um, That's what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. And there was no... um. There was no avenue for that. So I had to build my own avenue for myself, watching nice. construction with community engagement, mm-hmm. um, public relations, and building, you know, the DIY workshops to teach right. residents how to do their own home repairs and referring people to construction workers and contractors who can do a job mm-hmm. who are good. Because yep. a lot of times we have issues with that. And even right now, like, I'm kind of thinking about making my own little Angie's list. Like, it's Stephanie's list. You know do what I'm it. saying? But do with, it. For real. But with contractors here in the city, because there's there's a lot of work here to be done in the city. A lot of Stephanie's money. list. For real. Hmm. Hmm. We gonna have to come up with a. a I like a something catchier. catchier. I don't yeah. like that. I, I mean, I, yeah. I don't like that. But you good. I was just trying to throw that yeah, out there, let you know what it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, I come, yeah. come up with something. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I want a thumb. Yeah, we wanna, want a thumb. You wanna get it? <laughs> <laughs> I want a thumb. I want a thumb. <laughs> No, that's real. I like that though. I really like that idea. Also, for all of our listeners, do not steal it because they were said here. You know what I'm saying? Do not. Because I'm petty and I know paperwork, y'all, and I love. <laughs> I know language terms. I know King's King's language. <laughs> I'm one of the scholars. You definitely you know what I'm made that clear. Okay, <laughs> but yes, yes, I feel that. Um. So, yeah, that's that's good, though, that your son helped you really get it together and step up. And I really like that your child was a motivator for that. You know, definitely like that's 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 really good. Just for the simple fact that, like, you know, a lot of people don't talk about how their children help them become like dreamers. And I'll say that in a sense, you know. Because we always talk about how people should be there for their children, but we never really hit on how people's children help them become better individuals Man. and citizens and just people, you know. He has saved me from a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of things. That's what's up. And you know what I'm saying? I feel like for me, my mom has built such a great foundation for me and mm-hmm. always known when to snatch me in and out. Mm-hmm. And I think me living where I live at, and my son, like, just hearing the gunshots and different things like that, it's just like, mm-hmm. I, I got to do more. Yeah. Because yeah. I really don't want to leave the city. And a lot of people be like, some of us, you know, you know, some of the kids in the hood that 
the older people they see and they know it's supposed to make and they just know that that like mm-hmm. that kid is going to make it they're not mm-hmm. going to get swallowed up by the streets and stuff mm-hmm. like that i'm one of those kids mm-hmm. and so i'm trying to protect my son and make sure he's one of those kids so that he can protect the community as well because mm-hmm. we're valuable right. you're valuable the people who are able to translate this information into the community is valuable mm-hmm. you know so i need him to be a walking monument just like me and he is already mm-hmm. you know and i constantly um implement that into his life i tell my son he can be an architect i bring construction around mm-hmm. him i don't just talk about sports with my son because i like i care about sports but that's not my main thing. I need my son mm-hmm. to understand that, mm-hmm. like, there's other avenues. Like, my friend, he's a pilot, mm-hmm. and he was just showing on Facebook, like, 247 an hour, mm-hmm. and he minimum 75 hours, like, if he work it or not. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Legal ways of getting it because you you going to see a lot of people in the hood eating good, right? right. delicious. Like, <laughs> they eating good, y'all, but they they do it a different way yeah yeah so i i do want to ask you this because i i hear you talking about how you know unfortunately detroit has brought you trauma but it has also pushed you to do more for your community because you want to see detroit grow you want to see detroiters thrive you know and and that's a a very beautiful thing just considering that we are on detroit is different you know and the only way like and and I like to hear that just for the simple fact that, like, it could go one or two ways, you know? Like, people have very tumultuous love stories with Detroit, you know? like a, Listen, don't think for a second. <laughs> listen, y'all, I I love my city so much. Like, I, <laughs> even when some of us, we want to leave because we know we have, my cousin cussed me out legit, like, yesterday and told me I'm not even supposed to be here. I need to leave. Um. Because I'm not, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I have a fair chance making it somewhere else. I, sh- I should have way more money. Mm. I should have way more things right now. Just off of all the education, all the stuff that I've read, all the knowledge mm-hmm. that I have, all the people. As an African-American person, it doesn't matter how big your circle is, the connect that you have, how hard you build, how mm-hmm. many black people, the professional, all that stuff does not mm-hmm. matter when you still have to battle against the white people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my whole team built mm-hmm. and better than their team mm-hmm. and way better experience, but they already there. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. You know, just the the equitable access to opportunity. You, yeah. You feel me? So yeah. they like, Stephanie, come to Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta is booming for black it, business, but you're right. Why we need to do that here? Because we are one of 10 cities in America that's still predominantly black. Listen, we about to. Like, and we about right. to because that's yeah. that is the main thing that i'm about economic development mm-hmm. um people so like why you why you don't go out there and go to a little you know the marches and stuff like that listen everybody has a position okay stay in your ministry you feel me <laughs> I am not, I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not coming out here and i'm so serious i tell people unless y'all want to go and just infiltrate the government with yeah. us yeah. Then leave me alone. Unless you want to learn how to get these government contracts, then like leave me alone because you can't mm-hmm. navigate 
a neighborhood, a community, if you don't want to infiltrate the system. Right. You can argue, you can fight, you can, oh, they're terrible. Like, everybody get these groups of black men together 24-7. Get them all together and get them signed up to be the police officers so then they can police their own neighborhood. Okay. Speak on it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You feel me? Yeah. Don't keep rallying people up because it makes you feel good or it gets you know it gets you seen. Rally these people up and give them job opportunities because okay. ZTE is hiring. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get them hired. The IBEW is looking for people right now to join the electrical. Why aren't get these people on ready? Right. Residents need to get these. Like, quit getting ready and rallying people up for stuff because y'all just want to be mad. Right. It's gotta have. You got to have purposeful anger. You have to have a per- period. So don't yeah. bring me out here unless y'all want to come in here with a real plan. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like that's what we should do as a as city and as community leaders. And, and not just black people. Because a lot of times when we have this conversation, I know it triggers a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They be like, we want to just keep black people in it. But I always tell people, for us to get to this point, for us to get to this point, uh-huh. It was not just black people. It was not just black people who got us to this point. You feel me? And whether or not we like it or not, it's true. Mm. Because everybody in reality is going through some similar things. It's just not visual to us. It's not visual. I know you're thinking like everybody ain't getting oppressed. Everybody ain't getting played. You know what I'm saying? That. I would just say, you It's know, different levels of oppression. It's not seen through our eyes because we're not around it. I mean, I'm not discrediting anybody else's story or anybody else's oppression. But I will say this. But wait, wait. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Wait, because I already know how you feel. But let me, wait. Because let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. African-American people, black people have had it the hardest. Other people can come here in this land and benefit off of everything that we work for and try to gain access to. So, yes, it is. It's hard for us to kind of bring other people in. Maybe we shouldn't bring other people in. But sometimes you need an ally. And a lot of times, listen, a lot of times... When I wanted to get into rooms, the person who was standing in front of me was black. And they didn't let me in the room. And if they did try to let me in the room or was willing to let me in the room, I had to work 10 times, 100 times harder to get inside that room compared to that white counterpart who was willing to let me in. But this is the difference. And this, and this is what I'm going to just say. Because the, the sad part is this. First off, I'm not discrediting anybody's oppression. I'm not discrediting any allies or any people that looked out Period. for Absolutely. us from different ethnicities or cultural backgrounds, whatever. But where I'm at is this. First off, when it comes to our people and, and leading and being in positions, we have to understand that a lot of the conditioning in regards to whiteness and being tools of white supremacy has infiltrated our own people. Okay, so, yeah. yeah, it was harder for you because, of course, those people who thought that they made it, they're challenging or, or struggling, should I say, with the duality of being black and also being, quote unquote, successful. Period. And, they, and, and, and in this country, we have been conditioned, like I said, to believe that to maintain and or have success is to be white and to practice whiteness and to do things in a a very competitive sense when we have a collective background okay so i'm saying all that to say that you know i feel where you're coming from we do need 
we do need our allies and we do need people. But one thing that we need to start changing the narrative around is is collectivism. And we need to also Period. understand that black people can do stuff. We and that don't mean we not exclude. We exclude nobody and ain't giving nobody their credit. But we don't give each other enough Nuts. credit, you know, because there were several thriving black owned operated and funded cities in America that got bombed, that got raided, that they got terrorized. So it's just like you the oppressors terrorized people who were being self determined African Americans and then ruined our form our forms of economics Period. in regards to collective economics yep. to make us more reliant on this capitalistic system that we have in America. And don't get me wrong, like it's messed up, but if you terrorize when you're making money, then you're going to rely on the person that did that to you. And okay. Until we get to the point of being the examples and making sure it stays black, you know, and, and being very explicit about this is an ally and this is us. Now, this, now that's the key. Because that's, a, you know what, when we have when we on that conversation, that's a lot of times it's like, yeah. is that person a real ally? Or are they just someone who's trying to infiltrate this whole project? You get what I'm saying? Now, that's yeah. that's when we start. Yeah. That's why it'd be such an argument. It'd be it such is. a... Because it's like, we didn't got play so much by them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. Like I said, you're right. You know, <laughs> you be like, we, we've had our, our run-ins for sure. And I hate that you experienced that with, with fellow people of the same phenotype. You know, I'm sorry you had to go through that. It's life. But again, it, it is life, but it's life until we change it. Period. So, you know, I'm glad that to hear all the things that you're doing in the community and all the goals and aspirations that you have because that's what's going to change the narrative. That's what's going to be the example for your son or or other young women or when you step in in your little sexy preppy outfit, okay? But yeah, you can't be a uh, you know, disrespecting the grandmas out here, but uh, grand, grand, you know what? No, <laughs> once upon a right. time, you was me, grand, grand. Stop, <laughs> usually, why you can't before you lose it. <laughs> so, um, good time. So, this has been a very, very fruitful conversation, and I'm not gonna lie, I've, I've enjoyed all of it. Wait. Um, but um, I do have a few questions for you that is just a part of the Detroit is different, um, interview. So first off, uh, what was your very first car? You know, we the Motor City. Uh, so. Period. Um, uh -huh. My first car was a Cavalier. It was a tan Cavalier, like a a 1996 Cavalier. Nice. So yeah. where where were you driving in the Cavalier? To high school and to school. <laughs> <laughs> I saw my mom like when I first get my car. Only like the only thing I want to do is just try all the restaurants because I'm greedy <laughs> and I love food and get dessert. So that's all I did is just like go to restaurants mm -hmm. and like try food and go out with my best friend like drive to school and go that's to my after school activities. So school and food. That's cute. That's it. That's cute. Okay. Did your car have a name? I have that one. I don't. Ha I didn't have a name. All my other cars had a name. She oh. didn't have a name. That's oh, bold. That is bold. And we went through so much. She was so litty. <laughs> a little cavalier. But my other ones had banging names. <laughs> banging. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's real. That's real. So, um, if you were a DJ at the end of the fireworks on Wilbur and Jefferson, what song would you be playing? What song I'd be playing? Um. I don't 
Do you want the truth? Like, do I come have on. to act like I'm like, you no, know, not Come on, lit. you from Joy Roll acting not? Come For real, y'all, because I'm like. lit. <laughs> Honestly, truth for y'all, I would say Oberolin. Mm-hmm. And if you know him, he's a Detroit rapper. I'm going to say Oberolin Flourish. Okay. And okay. if you listen, I hope y'all listen to it, because that's one of my favorite songs. I be promoting him. I be shouting him out. He don't never repost myself, but I like him. I've been messing with him since the beginning. <laughs> But he lit um, overall in Flourish. Check that song out, y'all. It's, it's a Detroit vibe, and it's stay down with your team. Stay down with your team. To y'all team. Flourish. Okay, all right. Next question. If you could rename Woodward after one Detroiter, who would it be and why? I would say... I would say my... I would say my grandmother. Okay. Because, I mean... That's what, that's what I'm doing it for. My grandmother um, mm-hmm. is very valuable, and she really is a staple in my family and really mm-hmm. helped mm-hmm. help build us into these great women, me and my mom and my uncle. Like, my family is, is strong. Mm-hmm. Our foundation is strong. No matter what we go through, like, it's strong. We mm-hmm. didn't. Mm-hmm. Anything pop up, like, boom. Yep. Houses, you know, when I was younger and my license got suspended, like, come get me out of here. <laughs> Tax foreclosure, like, we helping each other, you know, get that house off. You know what I'm saying? Get yeah. this get this off. Or when it's time for us to purchase houses, we all came together and purchased houses and different things like that. You know what I'm saying? A lot mm-hmm. of families don't have that. And you still have to fight and stuff like that. But the foundation that we have and the way my grandma has really raised everyone mm-hmm. really helped. That's what's up. And then lastly, Stephanie, as a Detroiter, what makes you different? I think I'm just a whole different vibe. <laughs> my whole vibe is different. My my energy is a whole nother vibe. And I, I've come to the conclusion that when people meet me and someone told me, Stephanie, like, when people meet you, you are experienced. <laughs> it's like, no one's ever prepared to deal with you. I was like, but I'll be lit, though. So okay. I, I would say my personality and my fashion, my fashion is really, really different. Okay. All right. So you are a whole vibe. Thank you, Stephanie. Here. Do you have any parting things you want to say before we conclude this interview? Um, thank you for this platform, and thank you for constantly um, – Pouring yourself into the community, I don't think people realize, and I say this to every community organizer, leader, and person who, for real, because I'm so serious, people think that these events, Mm -hmm. people think that, like, this stuff is just for fun. They just think Mm -hmm. that this this is just for fun. When I was younger, my auntie used to take me to so many different community events that were Mm -hmm. thrown through, you know, organizations getting access to money Mm -hmm. from, you know, the banks and different things like that. And people don't realize all the time and energy that goes into building and stuff mm-hmm. and building these platforms for them to see, you know. Mm-hmm. So thank you for your time and thank you for building this platform and this foundation for the next generation and the next person, you know, to be able to do it. It could be a little bit smoother because it'd be hard <laughs> yeah. being the first one making a template. You ain't lying. Templates are, are necessary. Yeah. And thank you, Stephanie. I appreciate that. And I appreciate the fact that you are just another dynamic Detroiter who... Down for the team. Okay. You know, Flourish. I'm trying to tell you better. Listen to Oberall and Flourish. He gonna tell you. Stay down. And thank you for being on Detroit. It's different. Thank you. Because yes. we is. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
thumbing. Make sure you thumbing, manifesting this extra money. The Manifest it, yes. RFPs. Yes. <laughs> Black revolutionaries, distillery owners, Italian fashion retailers, and Motown Grammy winners all share their best stories never before told in any other media outlets on Detroit is Different. Visit DetroitIsDifferent.com or download the Detroit is Different app on Apple's App Store or Google's Play Store.